It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. What about this team? And I'm so happy to report there. They're all in the studio here at Coventry Street in Melbourne. Hello to you, Dean Watling, first of all. Good morning, G. Gano, Mitchie Lewis. It's great to have all four of us in the same studio. So watch out. Anything could happen from yes. here on. Yes, Mickey Gannon, welcome to Melbourne. Morning, G. What a time to be alive. It is. It is a great time to be alive. And the boy from Mount Gambia that has been dominating of recent times, Mitchie Lewis, hello to you. Hello, boys. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting little experience in yeah. here, isn't it? Anything could happen, like Dino said. Yeah, well, Mickey, I don't know about you. You're a, what's that? A rose between two thorns. Spot on, son. <laughs> because you've got two young young men that are making their way in this game, this beautiful game of ours, uh, both with ponytails. Like, what's the world coming to? And we can get them on camera so everybody can have a really good look what yeah. they look like, Missy Lewis it's and Dean just, Watley. It's not just the ponytails, it's the, what they order at the at the cafe as well. Like, oh, it, please explain. him disgrace. I couldn't even tell you what it is. I, I just want a long black and they've got... Ice, mocha, almond, vanilla, caramel. It's debacle. Jeff. I thought they'd just have Nescafe at Mount Gambier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Instant coffee. It's a disaster. Yeah. He's got a peach tea or something over here. Yeah. Mate, that's an thing. ice long black. I'm drinking the same thing as you. Oh, okay. good man. I went for my ice bath this morning. <laughs> yes. And um, I tell you what, it just wakes you up. It's the best start to the day anyone can have. Your fingertips get a little bit cold, but it just mm. inspires you to... Attack a day. I love it. So I, I left the shower it. on cold this morning. A Watling, you, heard, you should have heard mm. him squeal. Are you sleeping together? <laughs> no, no, not on that. I don't mean like that, but you're sharing the same apartment. <laughs> yes. yes. The latter. Yes. Good morning to Mrs. Gannon. <laughs> Let's get stuck into our review. We'll start off with the classic, the Derby, and it was Riff Rockets Derby. Who said he couldn't stay? Sunsets at the 200, Riff Rocket pegging it back, Riff Rocket took the front, it's just in front, Riff Rocket from Sunset to Puglia, Riff Rocket, Apulia's coming at it, Riff Rocket, Apulia, a hit bobber, hit bobber, a photo finish, a thrusting... Yeah, it, was, uh, it was obviously just a, a serious uh, moment of silence when, when, we, when they hit the line, we weren't quite sure whether we'd got there and done the job or not, um, like the the uh, Capitas family, Wapit Bloodstock, they... They've obviously really stepped into their own in, in terms of ownership, um, and geez, they're just they're just fantastic people to deal with, and and this will mean absolutely everything to them. So well done to the connections area of Riff Rocket, the Capitas family. That was Charlie Duckworth, the assistant trader to Chris Waller, Jay McAboard defeating a Apulia, Sunset's third. Dino, he got there in the end, Riff Rocket. He did. I think it just shows uh, it was a funny narrative or it was a, a good narrative pre-race. Uh, just the sectionals and the lead-up races to this, they all sort of intertwined together. But that Caulfield run, how slow they sort of went, mm-hmm. it sort of took away from his um, turn of foot, I guess. A, a stronger run race had gone bang on eight average to the 600-meter mark, and he's been strong to the end. So I think Chris Waller, grand final boys, uh, he always has his horses ready to go. I thought Apulia was probably the run of the race. I was against that horse on the quick backup, but it was terrific and nearly yeah. pinched it. Verdad just didn't stay, but yeah, all credit to the Waller team with Riff Rocket. What time did they go, Mitchy Lewis? Was it a was it a truly run? Derby? Oh, okay. Well, you, do you think that um, Riff Rocket was going to win with that type of tempo? It was interesting. I, I thought um, Riff Rocket was going to win by further, and then all of a sudden, Apulia just jumped out of the ground. Mm. I think Apulia mm. is clearly the best stay out out of Correct. the two. But, uh, look, class carries you a long way in these races. And, uh, well, full credit to the battlers. They got the job done. Yeah. Mitchie Lewis, your thoughts there on the derby? I think you can – sometimes we look to overcomplicate it a little bit. Like, you, 
the question was if he could stay or not, and I think you just got to back Chris Waller to know that he is going to stay. So his last 600 is the fastest. Apulia's last 400 is clearly a lot faster, but in the end he has stayed. Yeah. When these big dog trainers, you know, go to these races, I think you just got to back him in and, yeah, good run from him. I I doubt we'll see him over that distance again. I'd, mm. I'd say you'd probably stick to near 2,000s going forwards into your career, but, yeah, full credit him. He's ticked a group one off. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a, a, a Copalika leaker about him in a way, he won a Queensland derby, but he's probably a better horse over 2,000 to a mile as well. So that's Riff Rocket taking out the derby. Well under the Hayes boys as well, a pulley on the mm, terrific three-week backup nearly gets the job done so once good. again. It was so good to see you. Yeah. They just did it differently, and it was it was an awesome yeah. preparation. Yeah. Really good You make to a see. good point. It's just that, that staying race is like, compared to sprinting, you'd never ever see that back no. and back and back. But with just, the staying races, it, it's a big tick, and we'll obviously touch on it today with the, the Wakefield into the Oaks, but just fascinating to get those young horses up again. Just on the race though, G, like from a betting perspective, you know, those of you who backed Apulia, like I get it, we didn't get the job done. You took $4 about a horse that's been beaten 0.1 lengths. It's a fantastic bet. And we've just, we've just got unlucky. Mm. What do they call that? Variance. Mm. I think on, I think on Saturday, you can look back, if you back Sardozzi and if you back the oh, tissue, sorry. you're batting really well. We'll talk about that a little later on, but you're batting well, you're just a little unlucky. And we might touch on that because I should have t- touched on it at the start. Um, your thoughts on the way that the track played. I-, I talked to a few of the jocks and I had a chat to James McDonald yesterday. Like, I think it was more the win that played the way that the, the pattern turned out. I think that was advantage to be back on the inside and on the fence. But the win played games a little bit. It was a funny old win going sideways across the track, especially down the back straight and the home straight. And it was difficult for horses to run on. And the jockeys like Timmy Clark and Declan Bates, they got it right and they used the win to their advantage and they took off at the right time. It made it really hard for horses to catch them. So it's a beautiful game and it's a tough game, but geez, you, when you think you can nail it, it mm. just throws this bloody variable that you didn't really predict. And the win was really tricky to predict there, I thought, on Saturday, Dino. Yeah, it was. And it's something you can never really get a guide on. You can obviously have an opinion on it, um, but it's something we can never put a, a pure measuring guide to. So... It definitely was in the, the straight, which meant horses down the back got that sort of breather from the wind. And then the horses um, around the turn that wanted to run on, they had to run into the headwind while yeah. the horses obviously up on speed had that um, that breather, you could say, down the back. So I definitely think uh, Sydney and Melbourne, we can probably touch on in the sense that we haven't had rain or good rain in a long time. So the underbelly of these tracks is really firm, which just purely uh, suits horses up on speed and running fast time on fast tracks on the inside. And we've got to remember, it's a, it's a long carnival, the Flemington week. So the track was in the true, was the first patch of grass and first horses on that. Um, I think we'll see over the carnival, Gareth, they'll sort of even it out and maybe get off that inside to come. But when it's been true like that, it hasn't played like that before, Mickey Gavin. That was the, the, the more confusing part about it all. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you can you can create arguments for and against, but I think it's pretty obvious yeah. that being, yeah. being on the inside was the place to be. That's where the majority of the winners come from. Uh, horses like Zardozzi and a tissue, well, they were really, really impressive to do what mm. they did because not many horses came from the back like they did. Yeah. And, to, you know, and we were desperately unlucky. If you back the tissue, you back Zardozzi, desperately unlucky. But that's the game. It's an interesting conversation Gano had with us last night too, maybe suggesting that we saw in the straight races, the middle to the outside started to become the better sort of surface. But in the races around the turn, we probably didn't have the field yep. sizes and the horses to get those horses to the middle of the track. So that's probably something to note. And, um, which is an interesting conversation, which we'll have on the cup and what that speed map looks like yep, later on. Exactly. 
736 to join our conversation. Mm. The other big three-year-old event, it was the highlight of the day, was the Coolmore. And Bjorn Baker tasted, I think it was his biggest success in the sport there on Saturday. Osmosis at the clock tower, led by a length to Shinzo, Arkansas kid, and I am unstoppable is running on the leader, Osmosis, with 50 metres to go. Osmosis is clear and will take it out by a length and a quarter. I am unstoppable second, Shinzo third, photo fourth. Oh, it's, 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 uh, I've had a very lucky career in the lucky country. This is this is career changing for me. Yeah. He's a zoo star cult. He is a superstar. The first gallop he had, he he just put his hand up and it didn't work out last time. We were confident we had him right. He's one of the, the great characters of the he sport is. beyond Baker. I think in one of the presentations he said this is the first time I'll ever say Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> so well under Beyond. I reckon he had a couple before that interview mm. as well. And an uh, a couple after. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm unstoppable second. Shinzo third. Well done to Lucy Omens and Lloyd Cannonwell. They were so close mm, of so delivering good. a terrific plan to get this horse to win a Coolmore, but Osmosis was too strong in the end, Mitchie. What did you make of the Coolmore? It's funny, isn't it? It feels like Osmosis kind of flew under the radar. Like we were talking about him getting an Everest slot, and he's turned out here probably over the odds. But I, I thought Rachel King's ride was really good. So she's pushed the button at the perfect time just before the clock tower and everybody's sort of had to chase. So she's gone early, put herself in a position and made everybody sort of get under pressure early and had enough in the tank to finish it off. Full credit that, but... Mm. Yeah, the horse came back um, and bounced back, right? So yeah. full credit Bjorn Baker. Mm. Uh, that's just enormous. They've done a really, really well uh, there. Rachel's got to the best place, so full credit Dean. And um, <laughs> well done. Like... I just didn't see that coming at all. I was happy to pen the horse, but if you were in the uh, in the right areas of Flemington on uh, on Saturday, I believe that uh, there was a big spruik. So, yep. right place, right time for some. And well done to Bjorn Baker as well, because everybody was talking after he won the Heritage. Everyone was saying you ought to go to the 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 Everest. Well, like, we, we, we discussed that yeah, at length, didn't we? Newgate Farm, and I think Henry Field told us he goes, "Well, we're, we're planning to go to the Everest." And I don't know if they basically put cold water on that after the Roman consul, um, but he didn't find his way there. Bjorn Baker was always adamant, saying that he didn't really want to go to the Everest. The Coolmore mm. was his number one aim. It's if a little you, bit of a... bit of cash, you yeah, reckon, G? No, well, well, in the end... Do you get I, more cash for... Do you reckon, as a, as a stay-in prospect, more cash Everest yeah, or Coolmore? No, here, definitely. Mm. Oh, well, I... Much as a much think, Yeah, I think it, he's, it's a big payday to win the Coolmore. But and this is been, an easier race to correct, win. Correct, yeah. and... It, and the Everest will be a stallion-making race as well. Eventually. Mm. Um, it was a little bit, I guess, a blessing of disguise, the, the failure last start. And it's interesting to listen to Bjorn post-race. He suggested that the horse just wasn't himself that day. The parade was awful. He didn't look the best in the coat. Um, but the praise they had for the horse coming down to the straight. And it's funny, you sort of look at straight racing, you think yeah. you can back a back marker that's going to get all the way back and run on. But more often than not, it's those horses with a high cruising speed, control the race, and then they show the kick at the sort of two, three under mark and... They can just hold on. You saw I'm Unstoppable flash late, um, but Osmos has just had enough in the tank. And you've been very good reading the stewards' report. What did you make of Cylinder? Did, did you get anything out of that? Yes, you know? uh, slow to recover. Yeah. So he probably, which maybe just means he's come to the end of the preparation. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a, um, 
yeah, maybe just pulled up and had enough this preparation. Mm. So forgive him, trust his SP off that run, and we can do that in the in the autumn. I'm a just, few of us were slow to recover. On yeah, Saturday. I was just looking at the stewards' report now. Rob Montgomery's is giving Mickey Gannon a careless tipping. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he gets a week for tipping Don Corleone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all I'll say there, all I'll say there is, G, that um, too good, G, man. Too good. <laughs> I only lost I only lost nine dollars to win five hundred. Why many of you lost a hundred to try and get yours on Shinzo and Cylinder? Each anyway. way, each way. Shinzo was third. Yeah. I thought he was okay. Well, now we're betting each way good. on favourites. Fair dinkum. He was for it was an each way price in the end. Shinzo. Was he was. Right. Uh, he's an interesting horse. I don't think he's had much go right this preparation. I would be assessing him more so in the autumn if they do kick on. Yep. Um, I think he could potentially come back a little bit better. I think he's had just, yeah, exactly. It's interesting. I was talking to Hawksy, Wayne Hawks yesterday in our pre-meeting for the means test. And I don't know if I should be giving away his material here on the, the breakdown, but he goes, I don't like it. Why don't they just retire that, yeah. that horse after his golden slipper victory? Because what have they got to prove now after mm. he's set back? Does he lose any of his, you know, his wowness about him because of his failures as a three-year-old now. Not 100%. a failure, but he was third in a Cornwall, but he hasn't lived up to those expectations. 100% you do. You, yeah. you, you have to. The gloss is, the gloss is mm. off. Yeah. But doesn't the, mean that he hasn't done what he's done, but the gloss is off. So out of those races, we're going to take a break. Do you think any of the three-year-olds in the Derby and the Cornwall that you'd, like, if you had to pick two horses now that you could buy for the future, are there any champs out of that crop? Are there any horses that you want to be following going forward? I'll take Osmosis. Okay. Mm. Come back to me, Mitchy. I liked the eight. I thought yes, the 1,200 didn't really suit him. Uh, he was really sort of doing his best work late. Now, I think he's got a group one in him, maybe between the 14 and the 16 as he gets a bit older. And probably Stratton Angel, I think. She was a little bit down in the field, but she was yeah. a very handy filly. I think you could take her and she's got a race in her. Throw Butch Cassidy in there as well. I thought the horse yes. uh, performed pretty well. So last two runs have been good, and I think next preparation we'll see a better horse again. I think the one that's probably, he got scratched on the morning of, but I think King's Gambit's the one that's yeah, probably got the most upside to come out of. Just needs a sort. He's got more screws loose than um, our mate Mickey G. Mm. That's Who's hard. Mickey G? Who's that? Mickey Gannon. That's a bit hard. <laughs> I thought, Mickey, you're the smartest and more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know. I thought you were talking about Mick Gurren from New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I agree with King's Gambit. He's such a work in progress, mm. but if that... That can, if he can mature mentally. Do they geld him? Surely they have to now. Well, well I don't know no, about why? that. They why won't be gelding him. Because you could have a racehorse for the rest no. of his career. But oh, they can have. You can have $20 yeah. million. Dollars. It's mm. a, um, yeah, that's a, that's a decision. I know the greatest, the, the, when I was chatting to Paul Massara, was it John Massara? No, it was Paul Massara uh, about uh, Remark, who was a stallion prospect, yes. beautifully bred. And um, Paul was saying that the, the dilemma that, John was having to whether Gal to remark was. Um, and look at him now. Yeah, he's a gelding. But yeah, but as, as John said, um, Dad would prefer to geld me than Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's eight twenty. Let's take a break. We'll come back with plenty more on the Monday breakdown. Gareth Hall, Mickey Gannon, Dean Watling, and Mitchie Lewis live in the studios at Coventry Street for this special show on Melbourne Cup Eve here on Giddy Up. Pride of Jenny is out still by six lengths from Deny Knowledge. Alcohol free. Jenny Lala. Life lessons and a tissue the outside after 200 metres. It's a long home straight for Pride of Jenny. She's starting to walk. She's three lengths. A tissue two and a half. Two lengths. Has she held on? Pride of Jenny. What a ride. Fortune favours the brave. Won it by three quarters of a length. 100%. Pride that was a great call from Matty Hill. Pride of Jenny taking out the Empire Rose. It was a terrific day for the Mara Eustace camp. A tissue. Wow, way back in second. Life lesson third. Deny knowledge was fourth. 
alcohol-free was fifth. But what about that ride by Declan Bates there, Dino, on Saturday in the Group 1 for the Mayors? Yeah, it was terrific. I think uh, front-running rides probably don't get the credit as such compared to probably those back-marking, weaving rides. But it's not just riding the horse and rating the horse. It's understanding what horse you got beneath you because you can't just do that with any single horse. Um, and he's profiled this horse. He's got the confidence, I'm guessing, of the stable. Um, he's got incredibly hard to the 600-metre mark, around 15 to 16 lengths faster than the average. Mitchie will probably break down the splits a little bit more, but when you've got a horse that can do that, you can break their hearts, and they're not machines. So mm -hmm. he might be so far out in front that you can't just run over the top. We saw a tissue flash late, but the race was done. So terrific ride by Declan Bates. He deserves that. The horse deserves that. Um, and I think we need to celebrate these front-running rides a yeah. little bit more. Mickey Gannon? Phenomenal stuff. Heartbreaking stuff for those of us mm -hmm. on a tissue. But uh, I love to see it. it. It's really interesting. There was a period of time when we went through Victorian racing where there was no speed in races. Uh, and I'm bloody happy to see it, what mm -hmm. we saw on Saturday, besides the result. Mitchie? Yeah, like Dana said, he's obviously gone hard early and had that understanding of what he's got underneath him. So you probably knew that was her best chance. Uh, we saw her do that at Mooney Valley with Amelia's Jewel. So she's gone to the front and just sort of put him to the sword and... It, she wasn't super strong late, obviously, but by then the damage was sort of done and everybody was at pressure before the turn. Yeah. So that's kind of, like we said, it's a brave ride to do that. I loved everyone's conversation after Amelia's Jewel flopped at the track and then they go, oh, well, who did she beat at, at Mooney mm. Valley that day? It was only pride of Jenny. She's not much good. <laughs> now she's a I group one winner leading all of the way in the Empire Rose. Those horses did they pull the wrong rain going to the Eagle? No, I don't think so. No, no. It's worth $10 million, and I think she was nearly going to win the, the Golden Eagle, mm -hmm. but we'll discuss that a little later on. The Rising Fast, talking about horses for courses, I reckon this horse is definitely a, a dead-set Flemington straight horse. 250 metres to go. Najem Sahail, every poster winner. Five links in front from Spacewalk Triple Missile. It's our time. Najem Sahail starting to paddle at the 100 metres. They gobble it up. Coming out after it, Spacewalk. Spacewalk with Crosshaven flying. Spacewalk. Spacewalk is just one from yeah, well Crosshaven. Triple Missile. James Cummings and Jamie Carr, the driver. He tipped it. He's unbelievable, the driver. He sent through the text message. He said, Garrett, get on Spacewalk on Saturday. And he was right. This horse delivered a confident boosting victory for Jamie Carr. And here's a horse that it was it was a solid effort because he was carting the rest of the field up to Najim Sahail, who set a, a blistering pace up in front. But um, he loves the straight. And Jamie rode him to perfection there, Mitchie Lewis. Yeah, that's what I thought. So Jamie's obviously lacking some confidence, but her ride's really good because she's probably inclined to panic a little bit earlier than she could with Jim Sahail so far in front. Mm. Like He was really looked like he was going to get there for a second, but watching the replay, she, she stays patient and she waits and she waits and she waits. And you, you know Spacewalk gets that little bit lost sometimes and he gets in front too early. And she's timed it to perfection to give Spacewalk that chance to chase someone for as long as he possibly can right to the line. So full credit to her. It was a good ride. Yep. Uh, if you're back in James Sahail, look, that's what he's going to do. He's a little bit like Pride of Jenny, isn't he? That, mm. that's, he's done it before, so you, if you're backing him, you know that's probably what he's going to do each yeah. time. So maybe not jump off if he finds an 1,100 metre or something. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a game of inches, isn't it? Zach Spain could have been the same as, obviously, Declan Bates. Uh, there's a game of inches late, um, but that used the horse's um, tactical speed and its advantage to settle up on speed. And, and like you said, Mitchie, it's a... It's a Probably a factor we don't weigh in as um, punters in this game, but the jockeys that were chasing, they would have been sitting there going, when do I go? Do I wait? Do I go? And probably suited Spacewalk, who's a horse who does float when he gets to the front. So that bunny out in front 
um, to chase uh, really suited him. Triple Missile probably out of its comfort zone and Crosshaven was terrific late, but um, it's a great story. And us as punters, we can sack a horse off one run. And I thought we saw that on the weekend. Osmosis, Spacewalk, there's a couple of others that we all sort of penned and a lot of us yep. did pen off their poor last starts, but um, we know they can turn it up on, on their right day. 0499 to join our conversation. We might take the news, then we'll quickly run through the other races there at Flemington, horses to follow. Then we'll look at Rose Hill. We'll just take a look at the the Golden Eagle and also, of course, the Giga Kick. And then after that, we'll do a preview, runner by runner, for the great race, Lexus Melbourne Cup tomorrow. This is the Monday Breakdown on Giddy Up. It's 8.30. Amazonian last went for home. 250 metres to go. Three or four lengths in front from Sardozzi. Then Harlow missed Kurnasana. Amazonian last with 150 metres to go. Two and a half lengths in front of Sardozzi, who's picking her back. Amazonian last getting tired. Sardozzi is not going to get there. Amazonian last has just won from Sardozzi. A gap to in oh, third. I know, that's Harlow heartbreaking. Still to listen to it today. How did Sardozzi get beat? All credit to Timmy Clark, who delivered a masterclass. Jeez, he's a beautiful rider out in front. And Amazonian lass, he he timed it to perfection. That clock in his head worked uh, a treat there once again, Timmy Clark. He rode to the conditions beautifully. And so Dozy, I don't know how they're going to beat her in the Oaks after that, watching her on Saturday in the wakeful there, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, look, she's only got to uh, come through that run well, yep. and she'll be very, very hard to beat. And that's probably the only query, this five-day turnaround. And, and she had to do a lot. She had to do a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of work. So just want to see how she turns up on Thursday. I don't think you have to bet now because I don't think you're going to get too much of a difference in the price. And if she parades an absolute treat, Jay, then, yeah, she would definitely be a bet in the Oaks. Yeah, yeah I thought it was the, the run of the day in defeat. Uh, phenomenal. Had nothing uh, to tie her into the race. So she had to set out on her own, sustain the run. If it was any other horse trained by any other trainer and any other jockey, it probably paddles the last 50 metres and gets beat. But Waterhouse and Bot polish yeah. and the way they train their horses. And a stat out of the Wakefield, five of the last seven winners have come out of that race too. So it is the right form line moving forward. Did you think that Sadozi was going to get there? I was watching the race and it always I always thought that she was just like, she was never quite going to get there, Sadozi. It was funny, at the top of the straight, I'm not sure from my memory. She kind of wobbled just that little bit. Like she wanted to lay in the tiniest little bit, but Amazonian last, Tim Clark's left enough in the tank. He slowed Mm. it right up between the 1200 and the 600 to give himself that chance. But looking forward to the Oaks, I'm just a little bit worried about any of the ones that actually come out of here. So they've gone almost 10 links faster than the all benchmark average. So it's a hard race that now you've got to back up five days later. And it's different. I think the boys in the Derby to the Oaks, because the 2,500 for me gets the Oaks. It's, that's the one that I'm looking at, grinder-type horses, yep. because, yeah, the Phillies, it's a little bit different ball game for them, I think. So I love it. Just for, just for Mitchie Lewis and Mickey Gannon, can you just repeat that stat about the Wakeful and the Oaks, Dino, for the Yeah, last? five out of the last seven winners have come from the Wakeful can, boys. Uh, can, you, can you give credit to where that stat came from, Dino, or are you just going to take that for yourself, son? That I'll for take you? that for myself. It, wasn't from, it certainly wasn't from Dean. That's all I needed to say on it. So, like, I don't think there's a problem out of the Wakeful. No, 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 but so you're, getting a, you're misinterpreting it, right? What? So you're, you're worried about history, but... So out of those last seven, how many were run at that tempo? Well, we don't know Well, you've got no idea. No. So, so yeah, it's, but it's completely a... irrelevant, isn't it, Mitchie? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. sort of what I'm getting at is that the tempo in this one, it's for the Phillies where it worries me a little bit. I'd have to go back and have a look. Mm. But and the only other one that I'd half consider is maybe, I think it's Athelad. She finished off quite strong as well. Yeah. She looks like she'd get a 2,500, but she's had to do a massive amount of work late too. So, But she's the horse. So you would back so dozy and... 
Forest were getting for Athelad. Zardo's in Athelad are probably the only two that I'd consider come the Oaks. I think there's other ones like Tropical She's Squall. $9, yeah. Tropical Squall and Served Cold, I think, are pretty handy horses as well. And yeah, they're coming into it fresher. Tropical Squall, I don't know if we'll get the trip, Dino. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think, obviously, you've got Amazonia Lasso goes there too. So that's the Waterhouse and Bot Pair up front. Barriers will probably yeah. depict that. So that's a, an interesting suggestion. Surf Gold will get the trip. It's it's yep. a horses for courses setup. We saw Puglia do the backup three weeks in a row and come out of really strongly run Vars. And it lapped that up. Mm-hmm. So it can come down to what the horse does too. All right, lads, let's quickly go through the Carbine Club stakes. He-Man was unlucky. Kai Sad was given a peak to a ride by Timmy Clark there. Thoughts? Yeah, really good in defeat. He-Man probably wants 2,000 metres. Terrific ride, Tim Clark. He did the right things at the right time. Mitchie, um, and you can probably elaborate a little bit more on the the sectionals there. Yeah, very similar type setup race uh, to Amazonian last in that one. He's gone hard early to the first 600, slowed it up in the middle, giving himself a chance late. So he had a day. Queen of the ball, too strong in the furfy sprint there, Mickey Gannon. Defeating hypothetical and dancing alone. Yeah, and I'm not sure to do with the race moving forward. Mitchie, have you got any, any ideas on that? Not really. Look, I think people might be inclined to be disappointed with Rose Quartz, but uh, if you read the Stewart's report, Blake Shin said he walked the track and he thought it would be the advantage for the first sort of race of the day, and it just wasn't. So don't hop off Rose Quartz. So she just put herself in the wrong part of the track, and it was just a miscalculation from Blake Shin. One under Sean Mathrick calls for concern, winning a nice mm. race to Damien Oliver in that final event. Vandersnatch was close for Team Hawks, and I think Mornemac might be a horse to follow from that meeting. He loves Flemington. And just back quickly on the Furphy Sprint uh, red card, one out of five lane. But to the last, yes, I think you couldn't have had enough money on the, the leader in the last there, thinking on the way yeah. the day went. Valana, I don't know where he's at this preparation, but cause for concern, loves the straight and terrific for the, the training set up there. Yeah, well done Jamie I've got Carr. another one for you to follow yes. that, G. You might not like this. Ayrton, I reckon he's, he's yeah. back at some decent form here. So from the wide barrier, he's had to go back. Um, barrier 15 he was in, but his closing splits were some of the best of the day. Yeah. If he... Draws a little bit better and gets to set it in a better position. He goes really close here, so he Back might just be field. he might just be finding some of his better form that he'd always promised. All right, horses to follow from Flemington out of that meeting. I think Munnemek there might be a nice race in him this prep. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's a grand final weekend, but I think the two that are going to push on is Ardozzi, and I think we'll see a tissue go to the Matriarch as well. So they're the two for me. Yeah, a tissue for sure, G. All right, thank you. Yeah, like you said at the start, it's a little bit hard. I did struggle to find a couple with the grand finals, but I thought V8's got a race in him if they persist. And Ayrton, I think if you get him back to a similar type race, can win. Let's take a break. We'll come back and have a look at Golden Eagle Day there at Rose Hill. Golden mile a length, a half on Pericles getting closer. Obam Buramayas charging home. It's Golden Mile, Pericles, Obam Buramay, the Japanese stallion bomber. What a great finish. He got up to beat Pericles. And Thank you so much, Em. Um, oh, my voice is breaking up. I've been doing some roaring in the last five minutes, I tell you. But what a what a moment this is in, in my career, in my life, everything. I'm I'm so grateful for the the opportunity to pick up this horse today. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, go for it. Uh, obviously the disappointment, Yataka Taki missing out on injury, which uh you know, that doesn't sit right with me, but the fact that I was Johnny on the spot, I, I got the ride and I've produced one of my one of my better ones to get the victory, I'm I'm speechless. Oh, it gives you goosebumps listening to that interview, interview there with Josh Parr and Emma Friedman on Channel 7. It was some ride. Now, the story here is Taki is one of the best jockeys in the world. He's Japan's number one jockey. Was injured, so he couldn't come out to ride this galloper in uh, the Golden Eagle. And what a name it is too. 
Obamburamai. So I, I was having a chat to a few of the jocks. The text messages went out to a couple of the big name jocks. Can you ride this horse on Saturday? And they were committed on Derby Day. And Josh Parr from nowhere has put his hand up. And he's probably got, he's got very, very lucky, Josh Parr, in a way to pick up this ride. But life's all about making the most of your opportunities. And he did exactly that. That was a gem of a ride, 11 out of 10. And he was too good for Pericles and Golden Mile. Now, Pericles and Golden Mile, especially Golden Mile, tells me that they went slow up front here, Mickey Gaddon, for, for a horse like Golden Mile to stick on to finish third. Uh, Dino, I'll just throw to you, Don. Yeah, Gareth, you, you've absolutely nailed um, hit the nail I don't even there. have to have a look at the data to know that. Exactly. They've gone about five lengths slower than the average of the six, which is a touch disappointing, but um, which you could say there's a plenty of unlucky runs in behind. But Josh Parr, what he's done there is terrific. I think the two good off horses, like you mentioned, that just shows it how slow they've gone and potentially the way the tracks play. But I think there's a lot of credible runs in behind, Gareth. Heartbreaking then for Amelia. Sure, let's talk about her. She would have... Now, I don't know if she defeats the winner, but she goes awfully close because when you have a look at the, the setup for her... Slowly run race, big tick, because yep. we know that she's got the best turn of foot in that race. She gets out. She probably, like, I think she wins. That's my opinion. I think she gets out and wins because to do what she did after she got decked and to pick herself up like she did, and she was making up ground, it was an extraordinary performance by the Perth Pony. And do you know what? Talking to a few people there yesterday, I think she gained more respect out of that race than any other race that she's competed in, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, she like she she was really good late. I like what she really did through the line after being absolutely whack. So you're spot on. Um, just enormous. Really disappointing, obviously, for connections because she was working to the race. Does she win? Uh, it's all hypothetical. Um, you know, you, finish second. Yeah, sorry. Hypothetical finish. Second. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, but just just on Josh Parr, we just sort of brushed over mm. that a little bit. Like he's a phenomenal man, and he's so humble. Beautiful human being, and you just love that. Like there's a. Racing has a lot of really good characters, but Joshi Pa is probably one of the yep. best. Mm. And in those moments to win a $10 million race, probably the biggest race of his career, and his first thought is about a, a guy that didn't have the opportunity yep. to ride that and how lucky he was to be aboard this horse. So, look, Josh has struggled with his weight over his career, but he's one of the most underrated jockeys yep. uh, in New South Wales. And like he's, a, he's continued to ride group one winners. I just hope he gets more opportunities because he is a star. And he's a big time rider. He proved that in the, the quokka when he gave Overpass a gem of a ride to mm -hmm. lead all the way in WA that day. Mitchie Lewis, do you have an opinion on the Golden Eagle? Yeah, a couple. I think Kovalik is a forgive, pulled up with an issue. So we'll get on next follow start. Yep, yep. Get on next start. But I, I just have a little question for the boys. They might know a little bit more. Do you think this is too big of a field for a race that's got this much pressure in it? It's a good debate. I think uh, Rose Hill's definitely a different track to Ramwick. Ramwick probably holds a, a bigger track, but I think we see in a uh, a Cox Plate, we see in an Everest, the smaller fields are better horses. You don't have that um, as much interference. Of, yeah, interference and congestion. We often see the best horses come to it. Is it is it too big? Potentially, maybe one or two horses or two three horses. I think that might be something they definitely look at. I think it was just a, a racing incident where a horse shifted out, horse shifted in and got sandwiched. But we talk about luck. Um, Josh Parr jumps on the winner and Damien Lane probably goes close to winning the race, but then gets shut out. So it's a game of inches. It's a game of luck. And um, mm. some had it, some didn't there. It's a good point you make, Mitchie. So you've got a track like Rose Hill, which is just a slightly tighter turning track than, than, a, than a Randwick. But, you know, it's a $10 million race. I think to your question... Well, there wasn't even as much tempo as we would have thought in the race. So 
like imagine if you had less horses, they go slower. Yeah, no, and another one, I guess what I was also saying with too many horses is you've got a lot of horses, the class difference is so big, and a lot of the horses that finished right down near the bottom, uh, you've got all your sort of good horses that are trying to weave through this passage mm. of horses that are falling into their laps. So if you've shortened it up, your quality goes up, yeah. Is that make it a little bit safe, well, that sort of thing? Look, But in saying that, you've got some international horses that have come over that add that sort of yeah. international flavour to the race. I think that's also important. I think there's too many horses because there's not enough room on the track for horses to, to get through in a way. But does, that, does that just go to how the track played on the day? I don't know. I, th I think there's been interference before on a Golden Eagle. There's 20 horses mm -hmm. and they're trying to get to the best part of the track. So, Which lies the problem, correct. doesn't it? Yeah. So, this year was definitely a bumper edition. I'm trying to think last year when I wish I win. I don't think it was like as a, big. Uh, Katie Queen got decked. Mm. Um, we saw, obviously, Colette come down the outside. Yeah. I must just not be a fan through. of Perth horses. Gee, no. just I think um, Thunderstruck was similar. He had to bullock his way through. Right. So it, it creates a good race, and I think that's why Barry's coming to it more. Is it too many? Maybe two or three? Yeah. Um, there should be a field of 14 at the max. Maybe 14 to 16. A Wi-Fi though, Nashville just said he just it wasn't... It didn't really suit his profile today. And a horse like Legato was probably terrific. a little bit was it disappointing. No, terrific. Oh, okay. uh, third fastest, last 600, last 400 of the meeting. Yeah. Slow tempo out the back. She's a horse who probably enjoys a faster tempo to run over yeah. the top. So I think she was one of the big sneaky runs okay. in behind them all. All right, then, boys, any other horses to follow there? No, no, nothing from Sydney for me. No, no. A very similar meeting down to, to Melbourne. Nothing we'll, really to follow. We'll take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the Giggy Kick and then we'll preview the Melbourne Cup straight after 9 o'clock. This is Giddy Up and the Monday Breakdown. Think about it a neck away. Now level and Private Eye's heading top gear on the outside. Private Eye and think about it. Private Eye hits the lead. Bella Nipotina late. But Private Eye in front from Bella Nipotina charging. Oh, my goodness. This is close. Bella Nipotina lunging um, at we had a plan if she jumped to go forward. We didn't think there was a lot of speed in the race. Uh, Craig rode her beautifully and she got the split just at the right time. If it was any later, she wouldn't have got there. And she's just been racing so well, this prep. We came into the race really confident actually of her, you know, really running a massive race because she'd been building and building and building. And um, the team, Joe and Franzi, have had her in great order. It's the best she's looked. So Bella Nipotina, for her campaign in Sydney, she won $3.7 million, $1.25 million bonus um, for winning the Sydney Sprint Series. So unbelievable, really. Phenomenal. And, yeah. It's surprising and, to see there's someone else in this world on the same sort of bonus structure as you, G. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> she, she, had, she had to win that. I earned mine. Oh, she earned hers as well. <laughs> no, she's but she, Yeah, she was... Like, it was a perfect ride, in, in, as David Hughes has pointed out, from Craig Williams, because that's the only way that you could ride her to defeat a, a horse like a private eye and think about it, Mickey. It was phenomenal. It was a great ride. Uh, unbelievable stuff. And even at the 100 metres, she had no chance. No. Mm. Absolutely no chance. And it was 50 metres to go, she had no chance. And I still don't know how she got the job done, but she won. And, and you know, in fairness... For all of us that were on private eye, she probably should have won by further. So yeah, exactly. I think that's the that's the way you ride her. The the sectional suggests there was a sit and sprint, and I think if you weighed it up, you'd probably suggest maybe private eye has a superior turn of foot. But I think we saw on the weekend Bella does. I think we need to change the narrative in the sense that she's not a dry tracker. I think she can handle dry terrifically. If they get the range, she's just an even better yeah, horse. Percent. So who's the best sprinter in Australasia now? I think about Imperatrice. it. Imperatrice. It's still Private Imperatrice. eye. 
Still imperatorist. We had this discussion on Saturday and I was very strong. You were on on imperatorist. I'm going to stick strong here. Even if in secret beats imperatorist by, you know. Yeah, I agree. Half a length. I still say imperatorist. Okay. Because why didn't secret's a superior horse down the straight? Correct. Yeah. But there's a, there's a case there then you'd have to throw in secret into that yeah, conversation because she was arguably the biggest run nearly in the Everest. Definitely. Well, this, yeah. I think we'll see. I think it'd be interesting. What I would love to see is Imperatries be even better down the straight and then that'll put mm. this to bed. 100%. But yeah. she needs to put it to bed against a, a strong opposition. We, we probably won't touch on this, but we, we, Dan and I had this conversation last night doing our all-in show and at the moment in secret looks the bet around the $4 mark yeah, in the sprint. But I think what you'll see a little bit of a drift on Imperatries out to $2 yeah. for that reason. And I think you can back them both at different times. Mitchie Lewis? I'm still with Imperatries as the best yeah. until mm. I see anything different. The best thing as a racing fan is hopefully we see these pool of horses clash over the next two to three years on a couple of times. And I think that's a great thing moving forward that we should see him do that. Just quickly think about it. Was he a little tired from the Everest? I think the race shape flatness, uh, slowly run race is probably not his go. But I think I agree, Gareth. I think maybe that took it out of him once uh, potentially further. Okay. Do they kick on? Do we know? Don't know. We'll find out. Nine o'clock news time straight after this. I'll go to your text messages. 0499 736 736 and then our Melbourne Cup preview on Giddy Up coming up straight after 9 o'clock as well. The SEN app, now compatible with Apple Watch. Download today to listen anywhere, anytime. Good morning, I'm Nath Gardner with SEN News. A tight-knit Victorian community has been left rocked by a traumatic incident that's taken the lives of five people, including two children. A 66-year-old man behind the wheel of a BMW SUV jumped the curb and struck them at a Dalesford pub's beer garden, injuring several others. Superintendent John Fitzpatrick says there is a lot for officers to investigate. Very complex scene right at this particular point, so we're trying to work through that and determine what's actually occurred. The driver suffered minor injuries. Anthony Albanese has slumped to 46% in the preferred PM stakes in the latest news poll, but still leads Peter Dutton by 10 points, while Labor leads the coalition in the two-party preferred 52 to 48. Needless permits, paperwork and other regulations are holding back homeowners, businesses and the economy. A new report reveals red tape by Australia's federal and state governments is at its highest level in history. Saxon Davison from the Institute of Public Affairs says as a result it's taking longer to complete projects. Politicians will tell you that they are cutting red tape and promise every election cycle that they will do so. But the numbers show that this is not the case. The fact is that red tape is up by 